This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Aaron Granillo. And I'm Mike Lewis, sitting in for Dave Ross while he takes some well-deserved time off. And Mike will be filling in all next week, too, but this is actually a interesting time to kick off the show with you co-hosting. It's rather serendipitous timing because Governor Jay Inslee is tightening restrictions on restaurants and bars, and you own a bar, Mike. We are going to take actions to reduce physical interactions in some of our businesses with the hope that in combination with our masking initiative, can get this pandemic under control. These new restrictions also apply to gyms, weddings, and funerals. Everything will take effect next Thursday, July 30th. For all phases, the maximum occupancy of these events is 20% or up to 30 uh, people, whichever is left, less, and accommodating for physical distancing will have to be required. Funerals and weddings can be held indoors with limited capacity, but you cannot have a reception. As for eating out... Indoor dining will be limited to members of the same household at the same table. If you're looking for a seat with people you don't share a home with, you'll need to sit outside. And all restaurants have to stop serving alcohol after 10 p.m. Same goes for bars and taverns. So yeah, Mike, you own a bar, you serve food. Does this change much for you? Yeah, well, it's going to change a few things. One, I'm and I'm still not clear on this. And if you looked at uh, uh, spent any time on Twitter after the governor's announcement, you would find that a lot of people aren't clear on this. Uh, I don't know how we uh, in the business police where people live and who they live with. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult thing because the most people who want to sit together are just going to say, "Well, we live together." Yeah, and, it's and an the, honor system. It, it's an honor system, and yeah. so and so that's going to put an additional stressor on the people who are already trying to police masks and police a variety of other things in this environment. So it's another question to ask. It's, you hope you're not getting lied to. You know that you will be from time to time. And these people are then putting other people at risk. And so it, it makes the already kind of stressful situation uh, a little bit more stressful. The 10 p.m. closing is a drag to the extent that I'm not sure why 10 p.m., yeah. um, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. People who drink at 11 p.m. Don't, didn't necessarily arrive at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they arrived at 10:30, and and that little extra time between 10 and midnight is typically when you get your service industry people. So those are the people who have closed down their place and can pop into a place that's open a little later, say like mine. And so you're eliminating them from maybe just sitting down somewhere and having a beer before they go home. It seems a bit arbitrary, and I get why because. If I'm going to be the first person to argue that when you have when you mix uh, alcohol with a set of rules, what tends to win is alcohol, mm-hmm. and and so you have people who are not really adhering to the rules at times. And I understand this desire to to serve less booze. That makes sense. It is our business model, so that does make it a little bit difficult. I'm not sure about the 10 p.m. time, but that just means that we're going to drop an entire set of shifts, Mm. switch our opening hour to later, and just do one shift a day. So that means seven shifts that we normally would be filling, we're not going to fill. So you're just closing at 10 o'clock then? Yeah. I mean, well, we're probably – we don't have to close at 10. We'll probably close at 11. You Mm -hmm. serve your last drink at 10. Gotcha. Let people sit around, have a conversation until probably 11, but then you're done. Yeah. I remember when we first spoke when the governor – issued his first restaurant and bar restrictions, you had said that you were trying to get some, uh, the PPP uh, protection program Mm -hmm. from the federal government. Um, How is that going for you right now uh, in terms of the relief? And and will you need any more in light of these new restrictions? Yeah. So 
that, that's a really good question. And right now, there's a few things that are pivoting to decide how much we're going to need that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did get some. Our payroll, is, it wasn't really well designed for the service industry because your payrolls, while expensive, is relatively low. And it was hinged on your payroll expenses, not your other expenses. So while you could spend it on your lease, it was hinged on your payroll. Well, if you're paying $15 an hour, which is what we're paying depending on the job, some jobs more than that, uh, your payroll and you have people working three shifts a week, your overall payroll is expensive but it doesn't match what the other things you can spend that PPP money on, lease, other expenses like that. So are we going to get another one? We, so you, we burned through that relatively quickly, mm-hmm. I guess is your answer. Yeah. Um, are we going to need another one? Well, some of that depends on the people who, want, who are going to need to come back to work based on how much UI, un- unemployment insurance, the federal government is going to put. And that's being de- debated right now. Right. That $600 payment meant that people didn't need to come back to work. Which, which I actually supported. I understood people who didn't want to come back to work. I don't, didn't feel like they were making – they were making a good decision for themselves. They're keeping their apartments. They're, they're still eating. I, I'm thrilled about that personally. I didn't mind that at all. If we, need, if we need to get people back to work or find some way to pay them, effectively what we're doing is tra- – if then the UI doesn't go up to what it was, we're trading the PPP loan. We're essentially borrowing to pay our people and then paying mm-hmm. the government back. So we're paying that salary twice. Uh, under if they don't increase the unemployment insurance, if that makes any sense. The math starts getting worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. if unemployment insurance gets smaller and smaller and smaller. We'll talk about uh, unemployment here in just a moment. But business aside, uh, and I know you have a little bit of a bias here, but do you think it is safe to eat indoors at a restaurant right now? So that's a really good question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I-, I wish I did. I-, I think I'm worried about it. I think my yeah. staff is worried about it, and I think the customers are to a degree. We have pretty good... Our space is, is relatively, it's long and narrow. So our spacing is actually greater in many places than what's required. And we can't go to a 50% occupancy because you have to kind of pick which, which rule you're going to follow. Are you going to follow the 50% occupancy or are you going to follow the spacing? Well, the spacing is the more important. That spacing level doesn't really allow you to get to 50% occupancy in many smaller places like mine. So what you have to do is you're operating at maybe 20% capacity or 25% capacity. Is it safe for people to be in there? Well, if you're really strict on the rules, it's as safe as the situation allows. Uh, is it safer than staying home? No. Is it safer than <laughs> being outside? No. Yeah. One more note uh, on the restrictions announced yesterday. Our health secretary, John Weisman, also expanded the state's face mask mandate. He said facial coverings will now be required in any common space where people cannot socially distance. That now includes elevators, hallways, and shared spaces in apartments, university housing, hotels, and motels. The latest jobs report shows unemployment claims rose for the first time since the start of the pandemic. The peak back in March was right around 7 million first-time claims filed in a week. That number has since gone down to about 1.3 million. Economists predicted... Economists predicted it would continue to hold steady, but the rise to 1.4 million, although relatively small, is concerning. And this now all comes as several states try to pump the brakes on their reopening plans. What do you think, Mike? Are we going to see these numbers keep going up now? Without any question. Uh, it's not going to be, especially if the, the um, well, it, regardless, we're going to have probably 50% uh, of the restaurants in Seattle closed permanently. Mm. I mean, that's the, the numbers I'm hearing from the Washington wow. Hospitality Association. Um, that means tiny places you've never heard of, 
to big places like Tom, what Tom Douglas owns. He's already closed two, and he's probably going to close more. That's what my understanding. Mm. So, yeah, we're going to see, and that's just one industry. I mean, this is the the funny thing about the economic impact of this is it seems to me much more. People refer to tsunami and whatnot. It's much more like a tornado. It is highly, highly specific, destroying one house, leaving the other one completely unscathed. I mean, that's been the economic impact of this. Like it's decimating airline industry and let's just say the restaurant and bar industry. You know, UPS is hiring. Amazon is hiring. Other companies are doing really, really well. So are these people going to be able to convert into those other industries? My guess is no, and my guess is the unemployment claims are going to go way up. Let's talk about that $600 weekly bonus now. Uh, it is set to expire at the end of July, but because payments are sent out on weekends, this was pretty much the last week anyone will receive that extra payment unless Congress figures something out. Democrats are pressing to continue paying the full 600 bucks a week. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Republicans seem to be hung up on it for now. Why do they have to make a fuss over $600, which means a lot to many working families? And this debate dragging on means there will be a lapse in any kind of expanded benefits until August. Here's Republican Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. We can't give people a disincentive to go back to work. We'll never recover from this if we're all at home watching Netflix. So I think there's some truth to what Senator Kennedy is saying, that this $600 benefit is in a way, yes, incentivizing people not to get back to work. But at the same time, there are people who just don't have a job because of the pandemic. Without any question whatsoever. Um, Yeah, if there are people who work for me who were incentivized to, they were doing okay with this extra $600. They were keeping their apartments. They were not pressing me to reopen early. Uh, It is... um, so you know, so to that extent, yes, but they're not going to be jobs for them to return to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the other end of the equation is that these folks, giving them an incentive to go back to something that isn't there doesn't seem like much of an incentive. So the other issue, of course, is that, well, in fact, let's just use one of my employees uh, at the bar as an example. She's 60. She is very worried. She's been isolating in her apartment, going out only as needed. She's actually following all of the rules to the, to the letter of the rule. She does not want to come back to work. She doesn't feel in any way safe coming back, especially as a person who is more an age group that is affected by this. Putting her in a place where she has to work rather than, it, rather than giving her the option of working seems to me that you're putting her at risk and, and multiply her by millions of people in the country. And it seems like an unwise course at this particular point, given the rise in infection rate. Okay, so do we just keep these benefits going until there's a vaccine? We, we at least keep them going until perhaps the new year. A vaccine would be a good idea, although, you know, the efficacy of that yeah, exactly. uh, is an open question, right? So I don't know how long we keep it going. I know that right now with, with the plume of infections that we're having, it seems like an unwise time to stop now. What that means three months from now? Well, we should look at the data three months from now. That's our show for the day, and Mike Lewis will be here all next week sitting in for Dave Ross. I'm Aaron Granillo.